wanted to bring y'all a little message, and I've entitled this, He Will Be Found. Now, you know who I'm talking about? I'm talking about God. It says when we search for God with all of our heart, we will find Him. And uh, I'm going to use, uh, before I get into this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share something with you just a minute that kind of leads into this. And uh, my... My main scripture tonight is out of the book of Psalms, and it is out of Psalms 84, 2. Now listen to what it says. It says, My soul longs, yes, even faints, for the courts or for the presence of the Lord. My heart and flesh cries out to the living God. You know, there's three things here. That, that really stand out in this Psalms. <clears throat> and it says, my soul longs, or it desires the Lord above all other things. Sometimes I feel that I will faint, or I feel weak when I'm in His presence. And it says, He cries out. He cries out in pain and loneliness when he can't be close to his God. And this Psalms, as I was looking for it, I, I thought first it was David that wrote this Psalm, but it wasn't. It was the sons of Korah that wrote this Psalms. And uh, in looking at it, it says the psalmist was consumed with his intense desire to worship God. He had such a desire just to worship God and be close to Him. And, and I just wondered, do we, how do we feel? Do we long for fellowship with God? Is God first in our life? This psalmist here, God was everything to him. It was first in his life. He wanted to be close to Him. He wanted to be around his God. He wanted to worship his God. And it just... Here, do we feel as if we want or need to go and worship God? Or do we do it because we feel like it's an obligation? You know, some people will go to church not really caring about if they're in church, but they feel like they've got to be seen. If they're not there, people start wondering about them. It's not that they actually, actually want to be there. Because God's not first in their life. But this psalmist here, God was first in everything to him. And I've, I've run across a little deal here that goes along with this. In recent years, in an area in China, China had made it illegal to worship God publicly. After years of not being able to go to church, the government finally allowed the people to go worship again. And when they found out they could go worship again, it said that some waited 10 and 12 hours in line to go into church to worship. Can you imagine that, waiting 10 or 12 hours in a line to come into church just to worship God? They began to do that. And, you know, I was just wondering, what about us? It seems like every time we turn around, we find some kind of excuse not to go to church. Something comes up. 
We don't go. Where's God at in our life? How do we feel for God? I know things are going to come up. Things are going to happen. And that's understandable. But still, many people will look for an excuse to not to come to church, to worship God, to be in God's presence. And I'm just wondering, I hope that we here do not feel that way. I hope you want to be in church. I hope that you want to worship God. Because sometimes you just wonder, what about us? Because sometimes as I look out there, you know, we've lost a lot of people in death. And ever since that COVID, we have never got the church back like it was. And maybe it's uh, our own fault. Maybe we need to do more visitation. Check on people. I mean, I check on as many as I can, and I'm constantly going. But sometimes people, and too, sometimes I wonder when you stream something, how many people just say, well, I'll just sit here at home and watch it. Because, you know, I get a number of uh, how many people's watching. Sometimes there'll be 40, 50 people that does watching. But they're not in here. And sometimes I don't know if this is, it has hurt us stream it, put it on Facebook and all that. Because people can sit there in a house coat, drinking a cup of coffee and everything. And sometimes I wonder about this screen, like right here. You don't hardly really see that many people bring their Bibles to church anymore. They look up here. How are you going to mark your Bibles? How are you going to make notes? Hey, you know, there, there's references sometimes. If you'll follow it in your Bible, you can make notes. And, and it tells you things. You may want to go back there and say, oh, yeah, I remember what this was. Now, I've got a note right here that, that what we was talking about. But when you've got just something up here on a screen like this, it's hard to make notes. You need to bring your Bible. You need to open up your Bible. You need to follow. I may be wrong. I may be telling you wrong things. My Bible is so marked up. I've got, there's one of them is duct taped up and everything else. I've, I've had that Bible, I don't know how long. I've got so many notes, so many markings, so many, just so much in it, I won't get rid of it. You know, I, I, I pick that up every now and then and go back and look at something that I've made notes of. So really, if you can, just bring your Bible, make your notes, and Follow, follow along in your Bible. But tonight, after reading this, you know, I, 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 I kind of put something together here, and it's in, it, and, and that's my main scripture tonight, is Psalms 84.2. And I've entitled it, He Will Be Found If You Search For Him. Uh, in Psalms 42, we see how the writer of this psalm, how close that he wanted to be with God. He was lost when he couldn't be in church, in the temple, when he couldn't be in God's house. And like I read it, I'm going to read it again. It said, my soul longs, yes, even faints for the presence of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cries out for the living God. This psalmist knew in his heart that, that would only be satisfied by being in the presence.
That's the only way his heart was going to be satisfied. But not many around him shared the same feelings he had. You're, you probably got people around you that don't share what you feel for God. And that's what we need to be a witness and talk to them about your God, how much you love your God, what your God means to you, and how you want to be in his presence. You know, and it's, the Israelites continued to rebel and disobey and would not give their hearts to God. You know, God warned the Israelites and he warned them. Matter of fact, he, he punished them a number of times. And then they would come crying to him, Oh, Lord, we'll never do it again. Lord, no, never do it. Please forgive us, Lord, we'll never do it. About the time the Lord would take his punishment off of them and bless them, they'd be right back into sin. Being disobedient and not following what God had told them to do. They sought their, the, the Israelites sought their pleasures and security from the world, and they turned to worshiping idols, false gods, instead of the one true God. And even though God sent, sent many prophets out to call to these people, he, the, the people didn't pay attention to him. He would not listen to them. And they refused to change and come back to God. They still drifted further and further away. Finally, God allowed the armies of Babylon to come in, destroy the temple. God let them destroy the temple. They had nowhere to go. He let them destroy that temple, and then they took the people captive. They took them captive, and God set it up. They'd be captive for 70 years. And uh, But even during that severe time that God had, that was punishing these people, God's love was still strong. He still loved these people. And his desire was for them to come back to him. And I'm going to read a, a scriptures right here that, that God wrote. Or said, wrote to, or, or told his prophets to write. Jeremiah wrote this, but uh, give to the people and tell the people what God had said. And the scripture I'm going to look at is Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 10 through 13. This is this is Jeremiah talking. This is what God told Jeremiah to tell his people. You know, because Jeremiah was a captive along with these people. And, uh, and here it goes here in, 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 in Jeremiah uh, 29.10. For this says the Lord, that after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word, or I will fulfill my promises to you in causing you to return back to this place, to come back to Jerusalem, to come back. And here in verse 11 it says, and we use this a lot, but it says, for I, and John, God's talking to his people. He says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end, to give you a hope. Then in verse 12 it says, then you shall call upon me and you shall go and pray unto me and I will hear you. When they finally come back to the Lord and the Lord forgives them, you'll come to me, you'll call upon me, I will hear you, and I will come back to you. And it says, and you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. 
He says, when you get to that point, you search for me, you want me, and you look for me with all your heart, you'll find me. I will come back. I will fulfill my promises to you. See, God still loved the Israelites with all his heart. Those were his people. He chose them over everybody else to be his people. And he loved them. But yet, he had to punish them. Just like sometimes we love our children, but when they get out of line and do things that they know they're not supposed to do, things that you've told them not to do, sometimes you have to, you have to punish them to make them understand, oh, Mom and Dad were serious about this. I'm not going to do this again. Well, see, that's what God was trying to get the Israelites to understand. They had to listen to Him. They had to obey Him if they wanted His blessings upon them. And uh, He's telling them right here, after that 70 years, I will take you back. But you're going to have to search for me. You're going to have to want me. And you're going to have to call upon me call upon me and search me with all your heart, you'll find me and I will hear you and I will answer you. God's plan has always been to give us a hope and a future. Even us. See, we right now have the same rights or privileges that the Israelites had. Jesus said that for now there is no difference between the Jew and the Gentile. Jesus, God the Father, loves us just as much as he does Israel. He wants to bless us. He wants to watch over us. He wants his hand upon us. He wants us to search for him with all of our heart. And like when we do, we and I will answer you. And uh, but he wants us to, he wants to give us a hope and a future. He wants to prosper us and keep us from harm. But our life must be devoted to God. We must see God above everything else. Love him with all of our hearts mind, soul, and strength. You know, that's the number one commandment. The, the disciples asked Jesus, well, what is the number one commandment? And Jesus told them, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And the second commandment is to love the neighbor as you love yourself. Love, that's what God is. And he wants us to love him with all of our hearts, just like he loves us. And uh, our only lasting peace will come as we serve and we walk with God. See, that's what the Israelites had to learn. You're not going to have peace. You're not going to have prosperity until you realize who I am and you serve me and you honor me and you have faith in me and you follow my word and what I have told you to do. And I guess there's a question that, that I'd ask, it says, why don't we trust God and let Him guide our lives? Many people, well, I, I take care of myself. I can do this. I don't need God. See, and two, that's pride. That's one reason God says, I hate pride. Because it's all about you. Nobody else, it's all about you. And you're taking God out of the equation. I don't need God. I do this. We all need God. You may think you don't, but we do. Every one of us need God. You cannot take your next breath if God doesn't want you to. And, and 
And so why don't we trust him to guide our life? And then why do we seek his plan for our life without seeking him first? Well, I'm going to let God take it. We hadn't, we, hadn't, we hadn't even asked God to come into our hearts. We hadn't asked him to, to come into our life. We said, well, I'm, I'm going to let God take care of my life. But you hadn't invited him in. We need to invite God in before we go giving him our life to watch over. We have to ask him. We have to invite him. And he'll be there that moment that you say, Lord God, I'm a sinner. Come into my life. Lead my life. Guide my life. Lord, I need you. You won't have to wait on him to knock on your door. You won't have to wait for him to show up. He'll be there instantaneous the moment you invite him in. But we have to seek him and we have to ask him. See, God's plan is for us to be restored back to him. God wants every one of us. We're all sinners. Every one of us. We were born into sin. And it was only through Jesus Christ and his death on the cross and his shed blood that our sins are gone, that God does not see them anymore. Jesus said, I will trade you. I will give you my righteousness, and I'll take your sin if you will trust in me and believe in me. And that's what God says. We don't have any righteousness of our own. It's the righteousness of Christ in us by our faith and our believing in him. See, that's what God sees. He sees the righteousness of his precious son and not our own, because we don't have any. He said our righteousness is like filthy rags. They're worthless. But, but Jesus' righteousness is everything to God. And we have Jesus' righteousness when we ask him into our life. You know, like I said, there's so much things that we need that we want to ask God for. You know, God's Word tells us here in Matthew 6.33, and we need to pay attention to this. Matthew 6.33 tells us, Seek ye first His kingdom and His righteousness, and then all the other things that you need and want will be added to you as well. But we seek Him and His righteousness above everything else, and when we seek Him, then the other stuff we need will be added to us. But we have to seek Jesus first. Make him number one in your life. He's first. We must seek him above everything else. <coughs> and God's promised us a great and glorious future. It won't necessarily be a free, troubled future, but a future filled what it tells us here in Philippians 4, 7. We will have the peace of God that passes all understanding. When we put Christ first in our life, that peace comes upon us. We have the peace of God that passes, on under, you know, our, passes all understanding. How many times have you gone through something and you prayed to God so God put peace in my heart, God just touched me, and all of a sudden you have a peace that you don't understand. You don't know where it comes from. It's a peace that we don't understand. It's a peace of God that only God can give you and to put in you to remove all anxiety, to remove problems. You put your trust in Him. He said, when you put your trust in me, I'm not going to let you down. I'm going to fulfill your need. I'm going to meet that need that you've got. And I don't want you worrying. 
I don't want you to have anxiety. I want you trusting me that I'm going to do what I said I'd do. So if we'll put God first, He just practically guarantees you when you put me first, I'm going to meet your needs. I'm going to meet what you need in your life. We have to allow God to be the first priority in our life. You know, that's what it says. When you put God first, then everything else will fall in place. When God is first, the other things will line up. You know, I've, all, I've, I've, I've used this before, but if you're putting on your coat, it's got buttons. If you get that first button wrong, all the other buttons are going to be wrong. They're not going to line up. But you get that first button right, and all the rest of them are going to line up. That's the same thing with God. You put Him first, everything else lines up. Everything will line up. You know, and the thing about it is, we have to seek God in even the quiet times, the times of peace, the times that we're doing good. You know, that's when we really kind of forget about God. When everything's going great, sometimes we don't even think about God. We don't have no problems. Everything's working out. But the moment something goes wrong, we want to run to God. And we need to put God in our life, even in those good moments. How many of us thank Him when everything is going good? That we don't have any problems. We don't have any sickness. It's great. How many of us just take that moment? Lord, thank you for blessing my life. Thank you there's no sickness. Lord, thank you there's, there's no problems. Lord, thank you for blessing me. We don't do it. We forget about God in the good times. But it's only in the bad times it seems like we want to run to him. And he'll let us. But we, we, but we need to bless him. In the good times just like we want to run and have him bless us in the bad times. Give him praise. Give him thanks. Let him know how much you appreciate what he's done in your life. You know, just think about something. You help somebody do something and they don't even, and, and you go all out. You go to a lot of problems to help them and that's not even a thing. How do you feel? How does God feel? We don't even have the, we can't even say, Lord, thank you for what you've done. So we gotta, we, we got to be thankful in the good times. It's like we've got to be thankful when he presses us in the hard and the bad times. And he meets our needs. You know, we should be filled with hope and encouraged by the promises that God has given us. You know, God's given us a beautiful and some great promises that he will stand by them. Sometimes we need to ask him. We need to remind God, not that he's forgot, but to show him that, Lord, I've been reading your word, and I say that you have promised me this. You have promised me that. Lord, I'm thanking you for those promises. I'm thanking that you will fulfill those promises. And, you know, God is not slack about meeting our needs and fulfilling the promises he has made us. So we should be encouraged by his promises. And, 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 and one of the promises that I really like is that when we faithfully seek Him with all of our heart, we will find Him. He will come to us. He will answer us. He'll come to us and He'll answer us the moment that we call upon His name. See, that's the way God is. God's so full of love, so full of mercy. 
He cares so much about what we're going through. His eyes are always on us. I like that. His eyes are on the sparrow. Hey, if he'll watch that little bird, he's sure going to watch his children. He knows when a little bird falls. He knows when you fall. He knows when that little bird's got a problem. He knows when you've got a problem. And you're, a lot, you're worth a whole lot more than that little sparrow. Just remember, God loves you. He wants to bless you. He will bless you. Just call up on him. Seek him with all your heart. And he'll be there. But I just wanted to bring this to you tonight. Because sometimes we just, like I said, we forget to thank God in the good times. And we, and we only seem like we remember him when things are not going good. And I think we're really probably we got more good times than we got bad times. Because we got God. And He's watching over us. He's taking care of us. So give Him praise and give Him thanks. Show Him how much you love Him. Tell Him how much you love Him. And watch how, how your blessings increase. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word and for speaking to us, Lord, that when we seek you, we will find you when we seek you with all of our hearts. So, Lord, as we are here tonight, Lord, we're seeking you, asking you to just come into our lives, Lord, in such a way, Lord, meeting every need that we have. And, Lord, we're just giving you praise and thanks right now for the things that you're going to do in our life, simply because you love us and simply because we have faith and we have trust in you, knowing that you will keep your promises to us just like you sent you. So, Lord, again, we thank you for everything you do in our life. And, Lord, just again, we ask you to bless those here tonight, Lord. Meet their needs. And Lord, those that couldn't be here tonight for some reason, bless them too. Lord, just let them feel your presence and just know. Let them know that you're thanking of them and that you love them. So Lord, we do again. We praise you. We honor you. And we give you all glory. And we pray these things in Jesus' name.